Hi everyone, before we get into this episode, this recording is a section from a conversation that I had with Charon, Kev, Arturo and Ellie. We talk about university, whether it's a good thing to do, job security and selling artistic products. So without further delay, here's the recording. But yeah, about all that stuff, you watched my um my new video, the discussion yeah, I did. about the university. Yeah, I did. Like I forgot how anxious I get before putting those out, the discussion ones, because I haven't done one in months. And I knew this one would be a bit controversial. Yeah, I don't know if anyone else here has seen it. I haven't yet, no. Okay, I, I, the bus there, I um so I did one, is university worth it? And I was split down oh, the okay. I was I was very was very center about it. Um but I, you know, I tried to talk about some things that might be a little bit um, unconventional. Like um, one of them was the whole educational Stockholm syndrome thing about people not being able to exit the education loop and like not doing what they wanted to and then falling back in to teach and stuff like that. But a lot of people seem to resonate with it as well. I, I was thinking while doing it, okay, I'm going to talk about this and present it as if there are kids showing it to their parents. When I did my personal experience bit, I put an emphasis on this is what I've built now. I wouldn't have been able to do it if my parents hadn't given me time to do this, you know? So I put an emphasis on that. And I did have Charon in mind while doing it. So I think that resonated with some people as well, because it's true. Like I, I said, how can parents expect kids to come out of school and immediately know what they want to do and commit to like, you know, three, four years and thousands of dollars in debt for like one specific role, especially when the world's changing so quickly. So yeah. I said another thing as well was that when I came out of school, I wanted to experience what it was like to have absolute freedom, like nothing to do and no responsibilities, because I just didn't know what it felt like. And mm. like, you know, what would that be like? Would would my mood get better? Would would I kind of have a sudden desire to explore the world? Would I feel more ambitious to do more things? I had no idea. But I've, you know, I've kind of reached that point, I think. There are still anxieties, like it kind of comes and goes, but when I'm feeling good, I feel like I reached that point. And it's what we were talking about the other day where like I said, the world feels like interesting and boring at the same time. But the point that I tried to get across in the video was that when you reach a point of zero responsibility, it gets boring. If you're entirely in control of what you, what you can do and you're entirely self-built and you have no responsibilities except for your own deadlines, it gets pretty boring. And you kind of come to a realization that you need some kind of responsibility to stay satisfied. So that's the point that I tried to make. And I feel like a few people resonated with it. But that's something that I wanted parents to listen to. Because one thing that I don't agree with when growing up and looking at other parents' teaching styles is where they're so hypercritical of how their children spend their time. Like hypercritical about anything, playing video games, talking to friends, all of that. The any step in a direction away from productivity means that they'll become like a, a bum for the rest of their life, you know? And I think that's, for lack of a better term, stupid. Um, I agree. So I feel like I've come to the conclusion that if you want people to be able to effectively decide how they fit into the world, they need to get into a mental state where they understand for themselves that they need something to complete themselves, right? Um, and I feel like the way to do that is to give them freedom so that they don't feel like Correct they're love. yeah so, so they don't feel like they're beholden to anyone or a system so they can feel the world they understand that they need to decide something for themselves to feel happy rather than being told how to feel happy or how to feel satisfied and then they can make a decision and that's not going to happen just by funneling people through school and then 
expect them to make a decision like that right out of compulsory education. Um, yeah. Most most can't. Mm. You, you most have no idea what they want to do. And and honestly, like you're right, the, the world changes so fast, especially now. It's changing so quickly that the jobs that you think you're training for are gone, and they're they're they've morphed into something completely new. And there's no way to unless you're going to be like a doctor, right? I mean, medicine doesn't medicine advances, but it doesn't change. So if you learn, you mm. know, the fundamentals of medicine, that's going to be you know, the, the Hippocratic stuff, that's going to be the same for years, right? The, the foundation. It's like like with engineering, the foundation, mathematics, that stuff never changes. It evolves, but it doesn't change. So you learn the basis and you can go on from there. But like most other things, most of the soft jobs, HR, human resources, even like technology, like the, the, the stuff that you learn in computer science, if you're, if they're, if you're learning, I, mean, I don't even know how many people learn assembler language anymore. Like, is, is that mm. even, a, do people even learn assembly? I don't even know. There's a few, um, it's like a cult. It's got like a bit of a it's cult It's a cult, following. right? Yeah. 8055? Yeah. Is that the one you're talking about? I think, um, it was my memory. I didn't do nice. a CS degree. My brother did though. Um, and I, I can't remember, but he, he was, there was like a, a core, yeah, it was like assembler. It was like the lowest, the low level, language. like the lowest level language you can find, um, where it's just like, it, mm. it converts any code into machine you know binary or something and, and and like there was like learning that but then the languages they were learning like like java you know or or c and, and that stuff evolves right so i guess if you learn the basics you can evolve but then again the roles evolve hmm. you know the, the roles completely evolve and and then business shifts jobs all over the planet chasing yields so if you train like for example if you train here for a certain type of job and that gets outsourced to like Iceland or Zimbabwe or wherever like that that's gone and then you have to shift into like the next role and it's like you're, you're always chasing that it, it's never like a sure thing so even if you if you graduate with like the degree and you think I'm gonna do this and this is gonna be my job five years from now that's 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 done that changes it's so fast now that there's no real stability so it's for parents to you know to think like you're saying that you're going to go to school, you're going to go to college, you're going to graduate with this and you're going to go and be this. That that's going to change. Mm -hmm. There is no that. that. That that has to be out of your head. Unless like I said, like medicine, law, things like that that are more, you know, stable, even engineering to a degree. It's it's, it's relatively stable. But you're still going to be chasing companies will chase yield all over the planet. So no matter mm -hmm. where you are, that's going to have that's going to change. Those roles are going to change. I've seen this. It's been insane trying to keep up with this whole thing my whole career. Like it's it's yeah. absolutely it's it's a nightmare. But the one thing that you can learn, and I think the parents in, and and I I teach this to my kids is you need to learn how you learn because mm -hmm. if you if you can spend your time learning how you learn, how you take information in and use it, then you can hedge yourself against all the change in the world because you'll understand and have the confidence in yourself that you'll be able to say, look. Okay, it changed. I need to learn something else. Oh, good. I I spent time figuring out how I learn. So you can take those skills and learn whatever you want and and be able to transition. Whereas if you focus on just that subject matter for the school at that one time, thinking that that's going to be the rest of your career, and you don't understand like why you're learning it, how you're learning it, man, you're going to be in a, a tough spot. True. Because mm -hmm. things change. The only constant in the world is change. That's the only especially, constant. Yeah, especially in India, right? Like. Yeah. Engineering is a freelance job mm -hmm. kind of thing now. It's like they'll hire you when they need you and they'll remove you when they don't need you. Really? So it's not stable, like not government jobs. Government jobs are stable, but then like, you know, the corporate stuff, I would mm -hmm. say. 
like corporate companies uh, it's like they'll take i mean every year they at least like if from a college every year let's say they take 100 people to the company mm-hmm. like a mass yeah how, how many uh, colleges are there and how many hundreds of people a company would choose for their training purposes and they only think about how many people are recruiting but then they won't say how many people are getting you know fired mm-hmm. or like you know getting out of job after working for one or two years i know lo- lots and lots of people in my own uh, family who worked in a company for a while but then they got not fired but then they have been taken away because the company's got shut down it's not yeah. at all stable and it's yeah. quite concerning sometimes the whole company would be like this is not a good place for us to you know continue this production so we're going to change to some other country or like um, some other state and oh, yeah. let's say there are like about 1000 people here they'll become unemployed immediately when the company's gone mm-hmm. there's no job security and all this stuff so mm. planning ahead for one particular job for the whole of your life i mean that's what schools do right the engineers they'll only teach you how to do the specific thing yeah uh, i would say it's good but then as we already talked about in one of the podcasts i think the first whole cast we also need life skills mm, which yes. you can which only comes by exploring like yes. you know what you want for your life to live the life like what mm-hmm. skills you need it's not like uh, the basic tools like you need a uh, food shelter home and some work but then to earn money i might find 3d modeling as a career but you might find something else which is which you are interested in so if you don't give a chance for people to explore then how will they know what life they want to live if they yes. don't know anything right exactly yeah yeah that's my and and i think things are changing faster than the human psyche can can keep up you know like like it's it's the chasing yields like right now like the there is no you know we we like to say there's a global economy but look at the investments look at look at how fast the market shifts how fast it changes you know and look look at like like we saw jobs bleed you know when i when i i got to la there was there was there was plenty of work in visual effects that year is when it started shifting to vancouver because ta- there was a tax subsidy up there right so all that and curtis can speak to this i'm sure you're mm. you know you you know about this the 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 tax subsidies vancouver started offering i don't i don't even know i'm going to guess at like uh, i don't know it was like a 50% kickback or something if you do all the post production in in british columbia then they'll rebate your taxes so hollywood was like ooh free money let's shift it all there and they forced all the visual effects companies to 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 you know shift up to canada so they were all opening up satellite offices in vancouver mm-hmm. and then uh london was offering tax incentives as well but yeah. L- london was different because london had like a massive like the bbc is massive and you guys like produce some of the coolest i, I just watched i just watched broadchurch i love that show it was so good <laughs> yeah. and it was like it was like at the west bay cliffs like it was it was so cool on the jurassic coast and i'm like this is awesome like i love the content so like BBC has always been producing content so they've been able to grow their whole thing. It's like India has been able to grow their own domestic because you guys produce so much film. Canada has this, the Canada Canadian broadcast but they were like servicing mostly the United States. I guess they were servicing shows in Canada too, but it was like chasing yield and now I think Toronto or um uh Quebec is offering massive uh tax incentives that are beating out British Columbia. So now the work is shifting east over to there and it's like just chasing, you know, chasing wherever they can save you know a, a few dollars um so that forces the workforce to shift all over the place and once you get settled down and you have a family it's like you can't just pack them up and go 
that's really tough. You have to go through Visa. You have to get all this stuff. It's just like so. So visual effects has been like in animation has just been a crazy roller coaster for the last fifteen years. And um and and there's no way that going to school is going to prepare you for that. You, yeah. you just it's not it's like just not. It's just not. I mean, for people who are watching, Kevin's not saying like going to school will stop everything. It's just no. you need to find time to, <laughs> like, you should find time and you should. Like once the school gets over, you should actually take some time off. Think what you want to do if you want to continue in the field which you took, or else if you want to do something else which you love. Yeah. Um, I mean, not every time what you love might not work, but then experimenting doesn't hurt. So. Yeah, and um, honestly, like, I think the biggest life survival skill is being able to go to a job you hate because you know you're earning enough money to live, and and be and being okay doing that for a while. Um, yeah. I, I see people go crazy, myself included. I, I worked for years in jobs that I couldn't stand. I was I was in marketing. I, I was a project manager. I, I was I was a multimedia project manager. I wasn't doing the actual creative work. I was just overseeing it. And I was like, this is this is for like back end software companies. I was like, this is dull. But I, I got up every day and I did it. But it was still really really dull. And it's just kind of a, a survival thing, you know. And then and then at the same time, eking out time on the side after work to work on 3d and work on the stuff that you really want to do you know and, and it's tough even because now now i'm like taking on all this extra work and i still have the youtube channel i mean honestly i'd love to be like you know just selling products and, and making you know matching my 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 income selling my own products and selling my own courses and running my own shops that would be cool i would say running my own visual effects company but the yield is like this big <laughs> the margins are like they're like they're so small man like yeah. You're, you're you're fighting to keep the lights on every month and after you make payroll who knows how much is left for you so yeah. unless you're really good negotiating but um mm. man that bidding process is brutal okay. so if I, you I have a pipeline you know then why why don't you start one <laughs> experiment with it get i am at least yeah you know what i can I, i'm mm. i'm good at i'm good at going out and finding work and selling but i'm like it just it's straining though you know yeah. I, I look at i look at like i'm like man i would love to just create content and sell it and that's it but um it's not going to pay the bills right now it's just not so you got to do True. other stuff but but the point is that you know it's not this, this podcast isn't about me this is about the listeners and I, and I think that the biggest skill that you can take away from this whole thing and school and everything is learn how to learn learn how you learn mm -hmm. and yeah. then you can you can transition yourself so that that way school doesn't necessarily matter. School is just the key that, that opens the different locks and the different doors in your life. That, that's what school can be for you. Um, it, it's, in visual effects, it's not necessary. I don't think you have to go to school. You, you can make contacts and you can get into the industry that way. It's, it's certainly easier, I think, um, when you have contacts to be able to do it. But you know, school is just that, that stamp of approval that says, I can finish something. Yeah, it doesn't mean that you're gonna go out and get a great job. You know, my my wife has a has a has a degree from a really reputable school in the United States, and that that hasn't really helped her. I, I have a master's degree in education that that hasn't helped me a, a one bit, <laughs> like in in getting more money in this field, not one bit. It'll help if I want to go into education again, but I live would in LA and do that. Hmm. Would you say it's helped the way that you teach on your channel? Yeah, yeah that's one of the reasons one of the reasons I started the YouTube channel was because I really liked the feeling of teaching and helping people. And on the other what side you of it, love is what you wanted to decide, what took time for you to decide, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I, I used to leave the classroom every day feeling good about my life, that I was actually affecting change and helping people. Hmm. Um, I made half the money I made in production. You know, I instantly doubled my salary when I moved to L.A. Well, once I once I found work and it was stable. Um, but 
I don't go home from work feeling like, wow, I'm making a huge difference. Whereas like in the classroom, I always felt like I was, I was helping other people you know, on a personal level, helping them with their lives, helping them affect change. And, you know, when I, I picture myself when I'm on my deathbed going, you know, what did I do with my life? I can look back and go, you know, I, I help people. Yeah, I didn't like cure cancer. Well, actually, that one might change. But the, 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 um, but the other, the other stuff's like I, I help people in their lives. You know, I help them gain a skill that might have put more food on their table for themselves or their family, or might have you know taken them out of a helped them get out of a a, a path that they hated into a path that they love. I, I don't know, but it helps. It helps my conscience. Hmm. It did help me though you know, to decide what I want to do. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> That's a good thing. I'm 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 very happy for that. The, uh, Super happy for that. I think what people should know is that you are, I think, the most complex puzzle that you'll ever figure out in your life. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. what you like is probably going to be constantly changing throughout your entire lifespan. Something that's different now than in the past is that we're really, we really haven't evolved for this kind of society. And I think in history, like we've had certain steps in our technological progression that have helped us build up our lives like writing we can transfer knowledge from generation to generation back in the day i think you know hundreds of years ago parents could tell their kids what life would be like and that would be like a pretty accurate thing because life generally didn't change much nowadays mm -hmm. parents are freaking useless for that because like because <laughs> technology has changed so much it's like every generation needs to relearn the world again for itself yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, so like that's true. yeah we should be teaching kids how to do that but i think we're kind of still running under the assumption that what was right is still right which it's is not fine. correct just take a look at um the lowering rates of marriage and birth in higher developed countries especially japan and the increase in age the um people are still living with their parents case in point here like you know i think it, it's not too far away from this age that my parents started having like me and my brother and like i think they're probably already married by this point so it's like okay well the world's definitely changing i don't know if we've ever had a moment like this in human history before no. um yeah. and we don't thinking know how to deal that, with it. Mom, yeah thinking about that my mom actually got married when I, when she was my age hmm. like, what? Wow. <laughs> yeah so like this exactly. advice that's being imparted down runs under the assumption that that same paradigm like applies to your life but it doesn't i don't know yeah it's... i was having the same funny talk yesterday or day before yesterday with my mom that so you're suggesting me what to do, which is good, but then that is your timeline. I'm living in a different timeline now. Mm. So uh, it's quite hard for me to say, like, this will be stable in the future, even if I go under this path. But the good thing my mom and my, my dad are like, you know, do whatever you want, but make sure that uh, it's stable. That's all. Mm. Yeah. So. And there's, there's no stable. The, the stable comes from knowing, you know, you're, you're knowing yourself. Yeah, and, and and being able to pivot hmm. and being okay with pivoting that's the toughest one I, I think it also requires that you trust your potential because um i guess it also applies to making 3d art as well but i know i guess we'll get onto the subject of anxiety but every now and again like i spoke to Arturo earlier i've been having an anxiety spike today which i don't usually have that often anymore but I understand kind of why it's, it's happening. Like the last two videos I put out haven't done too well. And part of that's my fault because I did a discussion video, which I kind of feel like I needed to do. Um, mm -hmm. And also at the same time, like a sale has ended for my Gumroad and affiliates that were kind of at like a, a down point for it. So an anxiety spike goes up. 
and I think, oh, what if it all disappears? That's like the voice in the back of your head. Like you, you spent years building up all this stuff. You've got all these threads everywhere, all these products, but the voice still says, what if it's all about to disappear, which isn't realistic. So you need to have a trust in your intuition. The thing that brought you this far, you've got to be able to think, okay, well, stop thinking realistically. Like this thing inside your head has made this work so far. It's not just suddenly going to disappear. You've got to trust that you're going to be able to carry things on. I think that's especially important because I think stability is going to be a harder thing to come across harder and harder because like human society, technology, culture, I think it moves in a direction that makes life easier for people, easier and high quality and more consistent across the board, um, longer lifespans, etc. In doing that, I think you're moving to a point where jobs aren't necessary. Of course, that I guess doesn't really work unless there's some kind of um, universal basic not just income, but also, you know, resource availability, whatever. Um, but as we're moving towards that, we're still kind of holding on to the need for a stability in jobs. And jobs are changing at a rapid pace with the introduction of new technologies. So it feels like there's a bit of a divide there going on. It's like we're kind of advancing, we're moving towards an easier lifestyle, yeah. but at the same time, we need this kind of stability and it's not really compatible. Like um, we're kind of struggling to find ways to, you know, negotiate that. I have something to put exactly here, okay? A few centuries ago, in India, especially where, like, I live uh, in this area a few centuries ago, there was a system, I think, barter system. I think you are aware of that, right? The lifestyle was very simple. Just work, do whatever you want. Make sure that you pay the taxes so that everyone can live with free food, free, like, money is something which they didn't even discover yet. Money is something which they discovered later, but then they didn't know what money was. Uh, like a few centuries ago, it was just like, it's like a collaborative. Do you think anywhere, anytime in the future, as you are saying, like lifestyle is getting more simpler, do you think we'll reach that state anytime soon? Like how long would it take to reach that state where lifestyle is really simple, where you can actually live your life, enjoy your life, be whatever you want, but then still have the stable thing? I don't, I don't think it's, I think we're at yeah. That. I think we're at that place now. People's lives are comparatively very simple compared to lives 50 years ago, like the amount of leisure time we have, thanks to advances in technology, is actually significant. And yet people spend most of that time watching Netflix Mm. (laughs) and like playing uh, Candy Crush and stuff. So it's like people don't know what to do with, and people don't know what to do with all this free time because there's no, like people don't know how to make their lives meaningful. And like, that's what education should be. Because if you don't yeah. make your life meaningful, then, you know, like, that's all you need. That's all you need to innovate and to figure out how to adapt to new systems and societies. Yeah. As I was saying so many times, all I wanted was to be live a, live a happy life. It doesn't matter what I do, but I just want to live happily. So if, I, if something doesn't make me happy, I'll try not to do that as much as possible. Yeah. I'll stay far away from it. It's how just you, like... How do you know what makes you happy? Exactly, by exploring. Like, I know if I watch this movie right now, it might make me feel sad, but in the long term, it might make me feel good. Because, I mean, I'm just comparing to a very stupid example, obviously, but I stopped watch. I I mean, I was, uh, I mean, maybe it's just me. My brother was suggesting this movie for a very long time. And I I kept saying, I'm not ready to watch that film yet. Because I, if I watch that film, I know it's going to, affect me emotionally for a short time or period but then in long term it'll feel good but the short amount of period is the time where i'm actually concentrating on something else which i want to focus on 
So I'll try not to watch this film many times soon when I'm, you know, focusing on this thing because it's going to affect me emotionally so that it breaks all the things further. I mean, it's just stupid example, but then I could find this yet. But then also I was saying, right, I don't want to do a job. This is like a very strong feeling of feeling of me, like job in the, I mean, I'm, when I say a job, I'm talking about engineering jobs, a mm. day job going from eight to five. I didn't. I don't want to do it because I know for a fact that I, I it gets bored. I get bored very easily if I do the same repetitive task again and again. But then, yeah, that's what I know. I won't be happy if I do that. So, I, as much as my parents hated the decision in the very beginning, I'm happy now. Like I, I didn't choose that. Yeah. So that also kind of goes back to what Kev said as well earlier about you know not being satisfied in the kind of managerial position. Um, yeah. <clears throat> So yeah, that's that's one thing that I've spoken about a fair bit as well with you, Charon. Um, for me, anyway, my personal experience. First of all, I have a low attention span, but um, sometimes I feel technical and sometimes I feel artistic, and I'm not in control of when that happens. <laughs> that's something I've tried to decipher, and I try to fight against it, but it doesn't work. So, for example, like the last four or five months or whatever have been quite technical. You know, it was like it was modular metals. It was add-on updates. Uh, all the artwork was very structural, literally, like the architectural stuff. It's very structural. It's methodical. It's it's logical. Now I made those architecture things because I wanted to go back to making art, but that was the result. Like that's all I could come up with. And then today, like well, yesterday, I tried going to back to work on modular metals. It was going to be like a very logical thing. And I said to Charon in a text, "I've forgotten how to do materials. I've forgotten how to make Ooh. stuff." And now literally the next day I made what seven art scenes for like, you know, a short and it just flows. Like I couldn't do it back when I wanted to do artwork and now I can. And it's like something flips around and I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, if I'm in a stable job, (laughs) that's only one of these things, it's only a technical thing or only an art thing, I'm going to be okay for a very short amount of time. And then I'm going to be ruined. So (laughs) (laughs) um, it needs, it needs to be a job that can adapt either way. So I feel like this is, an okay line of work for now but yeah if there's anyone else out there that has a similar thing and i will yeah. say i don't know if i'll leave this in but the damn horoscope thing again because i do listen to it mm-hmm. out of entertainment and i get i get so spiteful when it's right but it's like the last four months you know you've been in a bit of a drought and i'm like shut up shut up shut up shut up shut up yeah <laughs> god damn it why i mean come to the dark side yeah i know it's yeah. like it's like <laughs> you're welcome here it's like let your creativity flow after that i'm like Damn you! <laughs> Stop reading my mind. I know, man. So my cur- my question for you, Curtis. My Curtis for you question is: Do you find yourself um, able to generate income from both your artistic ventures and your engineering ventures? Yes, um, but it's required a lot of trial and error, trying to get them both the same because it's so much easier to make money on the technical ventures. Because the demand is quite obvious. Like, you know, you make an add-on or like a tool. It's like, okay, well, this is going to be useful for other people. Slap a price tag on it and there you go. For artistic ventures, it's more difficult because it's not as applicable to everyone's work. Like if you make a very specific piece of artwork and you put that up, who's going to, like, it's not useful for anyone. Like other than people that know how to dissect it and then maybe extract information. But like the artwork itself, that's your artwork. Like what are they going to do with it? Um, so it's been a little bit more difficult on that side of things. I think the thing that's kind of working now is since I've just migrated Patreon content over to Gumroad, I've kind of given myself a policy that if I make a piece of art, I will put it up for $5 on Gumroad and then whoever wants to buy it can. 
so it's not as easy to monetize that but i feel like there is a mid ground somewhere where for example with the modular metals you can make like demo scenes and the actual content itself is artistic in a way so that's kind of like a merging point and Have you made any sales on your single art pieces yet yeah yeah and uh, but what a, f a factor for that was also that when i migrated the content i did give the people that watch the video like a 50 percent code off so that probably helped but oh that's just playing the game yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so yes i um, have cool that's really interesting can you can you keep us up to date on how that goes because i find myself at a similar quandary like trying yeah. to make useful content but feeling myself drawn toward making artistic content and being unsure of how to share that artistic content and generate like income from it so. out of all the five dollar packages that i put up from the migrated ones um the one that made the most was the rigged base character pack which just kind of makes mm -hmm. sense because it's like okay well everyone wants base characters they're kind of rigged you know um they can mm -hmm. take the rig and use it for their own things so i was like okay and i was actually speaking to arturo about this just before we we spoke i'm working on the animated short now and i was thinking to myself okay well if i make a single art piece i can put that up for five dollars if i make a short i can put it up for like twenty dollars like all the contained files maybe 20 to 60 depending on how big it is but for this one i can't really do that because well maybe i could but i'm not too sure about the licenses um i'm using a lot of like scanned content from sketchfab a lot of it's like public a lot of it's like you know mm -hmm. commercial usage but i still don't feel comfortable taking other people's stuff and packaging it but one thing that could be done if there's any like individual techniques that are visible in the file or resources made alongside it lighting setups that could be another thing um then they could be extracted from the art files packaged nicely in a separate file and then that be sold as a resource of some kind so instead of selling the actual artwork you're taking components from it that were useful and then turning that into a product i don't really know how i'll do that with mine at the moment because the lighting setups are so similar in each of these scenes that it would just be one file and i've already got resources for that anyway but I, like I've been trying to think the whole way through, okay, what's useful here? How could I adapt this into something that other people could use? But it's it's like a constant challenge, I think. And like, again, I get bored like when I just try and make something that's just useful for people. Like it's such a struggle trying to just do that blindly and stare at like a gray blender file the whole time. The things that people end up getting interested in and, and picking up from me, I think are stuff that started after i was trying to make something for myself anyway and then i thought along the lines okay well that's going to be useful so i've made this thing but this feels useful so i'm going to take a bit of time divert and turn that into like a different you know product and i think that's what most of my resources oh that's how they started anyway so yeah maybe a bit of a long answer but it's something that cool. i'm still working on <laughs> thanks for sharing that hi it's curtis from the future again before we close up this episode, I wanted to add a little extra recording to the end because when we finished our conversation, it kind of trailed off onto a range of different subjects, which one of which was UFOs and aliens. And it's a subject I love to talk about, so I thought for a laugh, I'll leave this little recording in at the end. So enjoy. I think if there was super intelligent life in the galaxy, they know we exist. They probably know what's happening like 
in any star system on any planet whatever like we can't even begin to comprehend what might be possible with that kind of technology i don't know but you like to know what's happening in your system like countries cctv surveillance you like to know what's going on just from like an organizational perspective i feel like if there's something that had dominion over the galaxy or universe it likes to know what's going on right maybe we're not clever enough maybe we're very primitive but i feel like if there's something hyper intelligent out there it knows we're here whether or not it interacts. So I feel like that's probably a bit of a realistic take. I feel like that's a more realistic perspective about it. Something exists doesn't necessarily mean it interacts. You know, I like to think that. I agree. Um, I agree. And I feel like things probably move to a point of unity. This is again, maybe a bit philosophical. The more advanced species get, they probably become more similar. I think maybe mm -hmm. in terms of motives, we're quite chaotic here at the moment, but I feel like that's because human nature is very diverse. But as we kind of optimize and engineer and become a bit more technophile, I don't know, maybe it might fizzle out a bit. So maybe there's like a few species out there. They're probably more similar than different. That's just my kind of guess. Maybe they have the same kind of motives or maybe no motives. Like maybe life's pointless. You know, if the universe ends in the heat death, maybe the only proper optimized motive to have is no motive at all, which is why yeah. I think that super intelligent beings probably aren't aggressive. That's why I think that there's probably no kind of intergalactic war or anything like that, um, because yeah. it's just futile. So I think if there are aliens, there might be a few. They probably know we're here. They're probably quite similar. And they're probably quite passive. So I don't know. Hmm. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. We heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Who knows? laughs>